Welcome to the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast, a Strangelings Podcast production. I am your host with the most ghost, Adam. In season one, we will be going on a road trip across the great states of the U.S. and taking a look into the haunted sites and specters of each territory. Starting off our journey into the supernatural is a state that is known for its otherworldly demeanor, the Buckeye State of Ohio. Franklin Castle. Built in 1881, the Franklin Castle is said to be one of the most haunted places in all of Ohio. The Victorian style architecture of the castle gives off an eerie and unnatural sensation, almost, almost as if you're being watched. Visitors to the castle have reported various accounts of haunted happenings, everything from lights flickering disembodied voices and the sighting of a ghostly transparent figure of a woman in Victorian style clothing dubbed the woman in black. The castle was originally built in Cleveland, Ohio in the late 1800s for a wealthy German immigrant by the name of Hans Tiedemann whose 15-year-old daughter would tragically be the second death within the walls of the castle after she would lose her battle to diabetes. Hans would first lose his elderly mother within its walls, and over the next three years, the Tiedemann family would again tragically lose three more children, which gave rise to some speculation that someone in the home was responsible for the deaths that occurred within the walls of the castle. After his wife was grief-stricken by the sudden deaths, Mr. Tiedemann would begin renovation on their home, adding a ballroom and gargoyles, adding to the castle-like structure of the home. Hans's wife, Louise, passed away on March 24, 1895, just 57 years of age. Afterward, Hans sold the house to the Mohauser family. It is said that Hans' activities within the home have contributed to the hauntings, Hans having even committed murder in the castle. After Hans had passed, there was no one to claim the fortune that the Tiedemann family had left behind. By 1908, all of the Tiedemann family had tragically perished. The prevailing theory is that the mysterious woman in black is Hans's mother in the first death of the castle. Passersby have claimed to see her staring at them through various windows throughout the castle. And paired with this woman in black is the ghost of a young girl said to be around the ages of seven or ten when she had passed, dubbed the girl in white. The girl in white, having been Hans's daughter, who had passed away from diabetes. She is still seen and heard playing in her upstairs bedroom of the castle and trying to make friends with the living. 
One such story is that of the Romano family, who had bought and moved into the castle during the late 60s. James Romano, his wife and six children, had experienced paranormal occurrences, so much so that they held exorcisms within the castle to try and rid themselves of these haunted happenings, but to no avail. However, their daughter had told her parents about a friend that she said she plays with in her room, the upstairs bedroom, same room as Emma Tiedemann. Initially, James and his wife just brushed it off as their daughter having an imaginary friend and an overactive imagination. Mommy, Daddy, I've made a new friend. Her and I have been playing in my room all day. She says her name is Emma. That's great, sweetie. But Mommy and Daddy have a lot of unpacking to do. We'll hear about your imaginary friend at supper. But Daddy, she isn't imaginary. Emma is real and she and I are best friends. Oh, you and your overactive imagination. Hurry along now, dear, and go get cleaned up for supper. You can bring your new friend Emma along. What in the world was that? James, honey, did you hear that? I most certainly did, my love. It was probably nothing. Now come on, we've still got a lot of these boxes left to unpack. However... Whenever they heard their daughter playing one evening, and someone responding in almost as if a whisper, and unexplained noises coming from the room, they then understood that what their daughter had told them was that she had been playing with the ghost of Emma Tiedemann, Hans's daughter. By 1974, the Romano family would sell the home and locate elsewhere. I wish my parents would understand that you are real. You're not just imaginary. They will understand soon enough. What do you want to do now? Honey, our daughter is talking to someone in her room. Did she invite any of her friends from school over? Not that I know of, dear. She was the only one who walked through our front door. She was probably talking to her imaginary friend. I don't know, but I have this strange feeling that her friend Emma isn't just imaginary. I've been hearing strange noises all night. Oh, honey, don't be ridiculous. What kind of noises do you mean? I've heard footsteps whispering, doors slam shut or doors opening. Something just isn't right about this house. For all we know, our daughter could be talking to a ghost. Ha 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 ha, ghost. Honey, please tell me that you don't actually believe in that stuff. I've never pegged you to be a skeptic, my dear. You can't tell me that you haven't heard some strange noises or experienced cold spots around the house, especially around our daughter's room. Well, I think your parents are starting to figure it out, my friend. Soon they'll realize that I've been here all this time. Actually, honey, you may have a point. There has been a couple of times where I would get home from the grocery store and seen a lady dressed in all black clothing staring at me from the upstairs window. I would go up there to check, but no one would be there, and it got really cold. Exactly, I've seen that woman as well. Whenever I would get home from work, but whenever I went to check, nobody was there. I'm thinking that we need to move if this keeps happening, but in the meantime, let's find a few mediums. 
It has been said that the castle has been the site of a plethora of paranormal phenomenon, such as exorcisms, occult practices, and satanic sacrifices and rituals. During renovation in the 70s, workers would soon discover human remains of a child within the walls of the castle, possibly a victim of satanic sacrifice and rituals that have happened within the castle. Beginning with Hans and the murders that he committed within the castle walls, you can still hear his victim's screams echoing throughout the halls and you can still hear the footsteps of them trying to run away from him but to no avail as he would eventually capture them and torture them until their demise. One peculiar practice that was practiced during the Victorian age that has left a lasting effect on the castle was that funerals were held in the tower of the castle and the funerals that were held in the tower would exhibit children propped up in a rocking chair stiff, cold, and dead they would prop them and leave their eyes wide open as if they were still alive it is said that the spirits and ghosts of these children and adults alike still roam every room of the castle, especially the secret tunnels that were found hidden away underneath the staircase inside the castle. At times, some of these tunnels were used for people to get around faster to go from one part of the castle to the other without being seen and at other times it was used as a speakeasy for alcohol during the prohibition era. People have claimed that the ghost of the servants that used to work within the castle still haunt the secret tunnels that they used to get from one end of the castle to the other. That other than Louise's bedroom, the secret tunnels has the most activity out of any part of the castle, with both rooms being colder than the rest of the castle. It is also rumored that during the middle of the night, footsteps, disembodied voices, whispering, children giggling and playing could be heard all throughout the castle and if you decide to explore these haunted happenings it is said that you could feel cold spots hear voices and whisperings right behind you only to turn around and see that nobody is there or nobody that's alive anyway throughout all of the families that have moved in and out of the castle all have witnessed violence and assault however not always with each other there were more times than not that the violence and assault were with entities poltergeist spirits 
and more or less demons. <laughs> So if you're intrigued and this piques your interest, then it is possible to book a room at the castle for an overnight stay to experience things that are unexplainable. So if these tales of ghosts, ghouls, monsters, and various other beings pique your interest, then stay tuned to the Strangelings Podcast Productions, where I myself am the host of this Haunted Happy Hour podcast. And if you want a little bit more realism, per se, then head on over to the Cryptid Caves and listen with your host, Aaron. Now, do I personally believe this story of the castle being haunted and of Hans's murders? Well, yes and no. Granted, I can be a bit skeptical when it comes to what the truth is, and I believe people definitely have had unexplainable experiences within the castle. But when it comes to Hans, I believe that he personally wouldn't commit any crimes, especially murder. It is said that he was an upstanding member of the community who had a series of unfortunate events that eventually led to the castle being haunted and I would love to see it and experience these things for myself. However, it's up to you to say what you believe and what you experience if you do decide to visit the castle, which you can do but it's reservation only. They don't do walk-ins, unless you're an otherworldly spirit, of course. I do believe that the Romano family witnessed and experienced things based on the fact that they felt the need to call in priests and mediums to try and rid themselves of the ghost and ghostly hauntings. But of course, there is no way to prove hearsay, but I truly believe that people of all backgrounds have had their own experiences that's hard to explain away with just it being the house settling or the wind. That's why I believe the Romanos account on what happened within the walls of the castle. So take this story with a grain of salt, or indulge your own curiosity and book your room tonight and maybe you too could catch a glimpse of a ghostly apparition the belair house in belair ohio I don't know about this house. It doesn't give me a good feeling. It's like it's watching me. I don't know, Mom. Have you experienced anything odd in this house? I'm not sure what you mean, honey. This is a perfectly normal house. Now why don't you go do your homework? But I don't have any homework, Mother. Plus, I can't seem to find my school books anywhere. Have you seen them? <laughs> Mom, please tell me that you heard that. It was so creepy. Can I stay in here with you while I study for my finals? 
Yes, honey, I heard that. I'm going to check it out. You stay here and study. Said to have not one or two or three or even ten, but seventeen portals to hell. The Belair House in Belair, Ohio is said to be the most haunted house in all of Ohio, with the current owner even trying to sell the house back to the city for a whole dollar just to be rejected. This house is haunted and everyone knows this to be true. In researching this house, I don't think I've ever come across a place so unsuspecting but so eerie at the same time. The stories of the Belair House are many, and I want to take you through a few of these stories that make this house haunted. From being the site of a coal mine collapse killing hundreds of workers, to the haunted trope of being built atop an ancient Native American burial ground, and everything in between, so be sure to stick around and hear the tale of the house that claimed the lives of over a hundred people. Mom, I had a nightmare last night. It felt so real. I dreamt that I woke up in the middle of the night to a really scary, dark figure standing over me, who then started suffocating me. It was really frightening. I cannot go back to my room. Oh, sweetie, it was just a bad dream. No need to get worked up over it. If you don't want to stay in your room, you can sleep on the couch for now. The area where the bridge is located was one of the locations where they filmed Silence of the Lambs. So the area itself is known for a whole bunch of spooky stuff. With its prominent rise in the 1920s, the town was known as a major glass distributor, with its angle now being the all-American town. It's safe to say that some demons and ghosts now call the Ohio town home. Built in 1887 by Jacob Hetherington, the house itself sits atop an ancient Native American burial ground that was said to be the location of a slaughtering of Native American people before the Revolutionary War and during the French and Indian War. During the 1890s, there was a coal mine collapse that made ghosts out of the 42 coal mine workers at the time, which kick-started the haunted happenings. When the first owner of the home, the aforementioned Jacob Hetherington passed, he left the home to his son Alex, who was so tormented by entities that he wandered the railroad tracks at night and began to have epileptic seizures. He was eventually deemed crazy and locked away in an insane asylum, which then his daughter Lyde took over the coal mine company and the house. However, in 1947, she inexplicably died of a heart attack while relaxing in the living room of the home. The house having claimed another life, and the house also 
gaining another ghost. <laughs> After the death of his sister, Lyde's brother Edwin became so distraught by his sister's sudden passing that he held seances within the home trying to contact his sister, but got more than what he bargained for when he managed to contact the spirits of the other world. Edwin dove into the supernatural and occult practices in order to talk to his sister himself. However, when he talked to the dead, the dead decided to talk back. And when he thought he was contacting his sister, his sister wasn't the entity he was communicating with. A darker, more evil and vile demon was talking to Edwin, and it was then that Edwin knowingly opened many portals to hell within the house. It is said that Edwin is responsible for welcoming these demons and spirits into the home, with one of these entities taking on the form of a young girl named Emily. Emily is said to be the spirit of a demon taken on the form of a young girl who drowned in the Ohio River that sits along the route of the house. Investigators who have made contact with Emily were lured into a false sense of security should they would let their guard down, and it was then that they reported being attacked, scratched, bitten, and everything else in between. After Edwin's death in 1962, families upon families have moved in and out of the home due to the history and hauntings that go on within the house. For a short while, the house was abandoned, and in that time it was abandoned, passers-by would see figures in the windows walking around at all hours of the night, and lights flickering through the windows and sounds of what seemed to be a little girl crying and a woman screaming moments before the womanly spirit leapt off the house to her demise, only to disappear once the spirit made contact with the ground. Two thousand and five would be a year that the Lee family would never forget. With their previous home being flooded, the Lee family would be looking for a new house to call their home. And that's when Kristen Lee, the mother of the family, first found the Belair house, which began a series of hauntings that would leave the family with a whole new perspective of what happens with life after death. Kristen reported that shortly after moving into the house, she would hear footsteps coming from the attic as well as the basement. She would also report that it's as if she was being watched by hundreds of eyes around the home. After a while, they started to experience personal items go missing or items being moved from one corner of the room to the other. 
as well as lights being turned on in another room that the family was sure that they had turned the lights off. At the time, Kristen's 12-year-old son got really frightened of his bedroom saying that he had this feeling that he was being watched and saying that he experienced nightmares of someone or something standing over him as he slept and covering his mouth and nose trying to suffocate him. One night, Kristen's son woke up sweating and with each bolt of lightning, he sees a tall, dark figure shaking and convulsing in the corner of the room in almost a hypnotic trance. Who is there? I can see you. Please just leave me alone. I want to go back to sleep, please. Hello? Hello? Who is there? Come on, show yourself. One winter night, Kristen had taken a slumber on the couch in the living room when she was suddenly awoken by the cushions by her feet sinking as if someone was sitting down on the couch by her legs. Kristen then awoke to the transparent figure of a man staring her down from the other end of the couch. After Kristen called out to the figure asking who it was, the figure vanished without a trace. However, after the encounter, the family's dog Bella began running around the room, frantically barking up a storm. After trying to calm the dog down, Kristen notices that the figure had reappeared in the other part of the room. The figure then walked through the wall of the room and disappeared once more. On another night, Kristen was sleeping in her bed when she awoke in the cold sweat to find the family's dog Bella was levitating and the dog was then thrown into the wall. Visitors who were brave enough to stay the night in the Belair house had various reports of being scratched, punched, thrown, and even more grisly acts by a violent entity. Perhaps the entity was none other than Emily the demon who took on the shape of a little girl who drowned in the Ohio River. It is said that the house lures its unsuspecting victims into the house with its historical charm, but once inside, the house grows into a dark, demented, and evil place that will claim the lives of whoever dares to step foot in it. Many paranormal investigators have taken a crack at catching something within the house, only to get more than what they bargained for when they experienced what so many people before had experienced with the scratching and pushing and punching. There have been many accounts of people who were supposed to stay the night running out of the house because of what they had witnessed. 
One paranormal investigator group based in Ohio went there to experience what they could and reported that when they were in the attic, they had snake-like creatures crawling all over their legs and feet, and then the creatures started to form one singular entity that stood in front of them. The creature then stared at them with thousands of snake-like eyes, causing the team of paranormal investigators to run out of the house, leaving all of their equipment behind. Some people have even reported that after staying the night at the Belair house, they would return home only to find that the entities from the house have followed them and continued to haunt them and their dreams. The Belair House has made believers out of many skeptics of the paranormal and it is easy to see and understand why. With all of the supernatural goings-ons and failed attempts to sell the house, Kristen decided to capitalize on the spooky nature of the house and turn it into a haunted house open to the public for touring or even spending the night. So again, maybe you have an interest in the supernatural and want to stay overnight if you last that long and have your own paranormal experiences. If you're a fan of this channel, then please consider supporting this podcast or its brother podcast, Cryptid Caves, by donating and subscribe to hear more about ghosts, ghouls, demons, and such. And remember... Haunted Happy Hour is here to give you your daily dose of spooky natural stories. So keep your holy water and crucifixes near. And until next time, if I don't get possessed, then I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Boom! <laughs>